I, I really enjoyed it. You gotta get up in there. We watch movies so you don't have to. Cage Talk. Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. I'm the best in the Midwest and super humble. My name is Chuck Banner. And with me, my co-host, as always, the number two for you, JT, Paris Hilton's Chihuahua Money. And we have a special returning guest host with the most. Johnny Spade. Yeah, you know that is right. You know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is episode 127, hashtag cage talk edition 52. G-Force? G-Force. Yeah, yeah, it's G-Force. Just one G. One G. One G for guidance? Oh, no, they put a P on there, too. Yeah, so we watch G-Force. It is the 52nd. Hashtag Cage Talk Edition. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquades.com and let us know what the fuck is up. And I just want to let you guys know that I think that the world needs bigger heroes. That is a perfect tagline for this movie, which is full of a bunch of shitty one-liners delivered by guinea pigs. Well, how about this other one, right? This other one that this is the second one, and it's not a very good tagline. Gadgets. Gizmos. Guinea pigs. No. In 3D. No. The use of the word gadget in that and the type like this movie being about guinea pigs like animals just makes me think rescue rangers and gadget from rescue rangers. Yes, it does. I was wondering why that felt familiar and you nailed it. Now I got the rescue rangers theme song in my head. But I've also got in my head too now. We're talking about far superior products to the movie we watched this week. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Can't say far superior. Uh-huh. I absolutely just said yeah, far superior. I- I guess you're probably right there. Well, it's a matter of opinion, and we'll get to those later. Here's the trailer for G-Force. Know when to respect the G in G-Force. Is almost that another tagline? No, it's a oh. Chuck Banner original tagline for the movie G-Force. I mean, no offense to you, but that shows how good the other taglines really were, that I bought that hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> respect the G. You don't respect the government in G-Force. No, no, no. It's all about guinea. It's, what is it? Just guinea force? <laughs> it's the guinea pig force. Is it that like... But that would be the GP force. Nah, it's just the G-Force. All right. So here's the trailer for G-Force. Agent Darwin. Status report. I have a visual on Saber. He's wearing a $6,000 suit, $50,000 watch. And according to my infrared scope, Haynes, size 36, tiny whiteies. Blaster, Juarez. Time to get this party started. Don't you wish your blowtorch was hot? <laughs> they were an elite team of animal spies. Known as G-Force. Until Whoa! the government shut them down. 
And what about my team? Since they're guinea pigs, why don't you send them where they belong? Now, the FBI's pet project will find themselves in their natural habitat. Welcome, my friends, to the family. What is the bathroom? Well, for me, pretty much where you're standing. Whoa, oh, nasty! Excuse me, my incarcerated little friend. Do not cross that line! We agreed this was my zone, right? Right! Bucky, the mice will agree to anything. You guys are all idiots, right? Right! Ooch! Go find Ben and report our location. You all right? Good. I don't like when my fly is down. This summer... Are we ready? ...when the threat is real. It's not easy to take over the world. We need to find a way out of here. A new breed of hero will rise... Oh! ...in Disney Digital 3D. Ooh! Darwin. Come on, come on! It's not working! James Bond never had these problems. Blaster. This is gonna be awesome. I'm pretty sure this is animal cruelty. But I love it. What is? I can put those in her hair. You try to put a bow on me, you're gonna lose a finger. Curly. Oh, my stomach doesn't do well with action adventure. Yuck, disgusting. Roll down the window. These things don't have windows, Hurley. G-Force in Disney Digital 3D. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Do something. What do you suggest I do? Poop in his hand. Poop in his hand. And we are back once again. Does it feel like you're gargling when you talk like that? Because it sounds like you're gargling. No. Okay. Just wanted to check. It does not. But I just want to let you guys know, in case you are new to the show, I just want to say welcome and LOL. Lots of love. So much love. Yeah, you know, you got to give it to get it, and then you got it. Good. And then, you know, you know that we know that all of you know, LOL. And I just want to reiterate that this is Hashtag Cage Talk Edition. And we're going to talk about everything Nicolas Cage in the movie G-Force? Or at least we fucking mean to. You know that's right. But we are, or at least I, am super humble. And by that, we will give you a warning. It's going to be a quick little three-second warning, but there's one. So just so you know, afterwards... The countdown is three seconds. The spoiler's probably going to go a whole lot longer Oh yeah, though, just so everyone knows. Yeah, so the countdown is three seconds, like JT said. Just so we're all clear, I don't want to spoil it. All right, we've already given away it's guinea pigs, folks. But I think that's also, you should know that before. I think that was also spoiled by the trailer. If you listened to it, it probably was. If you watched it, it definitely was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry enough. I keep delaying this warning. All right, so here we go. After the three seconds, spoilers abound, and it's on you, not us. We're humble and giving a warning. Remember that. Oh, well. I never know what humble has to do with deciding to give a warning. See, because you're not humble, you don't know. I'm not certain you it's understand exactly like it, what humble means. Hey, man, it's a Jeep thing. You just wouldn't understand. <laughs> I've never understood Jeep, so you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I point taken. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hate Jeeps. So. I don't give up the game. Let's give up the countdown. Yeah. Three, two, one. 
there's a team of guinea pigs and flies and a mole and some cockroaches and a bunch of other fucking animals that work to take down this evil corporation, which actually turns out to be the fucking mole, Nick Cage, the villain, in the end. And then he gets put into prison labor until all of the robots that have been created are destroyed, and then he can maybe join the team again. It's guinea pigs, guys. Guinea pigs. This is a pretty good movie, right? It's a kid's movie. Let's start out by clarifying that right now. It's important to recognize this is a children's movie. So by a kid's movie, you mean an animated action-adventure movie that we watched on the Disney Network? That doesn't necessarily mean because of those factors it would be a kid's movie, although it seems most likely. But yes, this was. Even the adult-oriented humor was not really that, like, subversive, I guess is what I'm going for. It was very much on the surface. And so by adult-oriented humor, you mean, like, the rude humor or some of the mild action for which this movie was rated PG? Sure. All right, so just so we are all clear, G-Force, it debuted in the theaters July 24th of 2009 and it would be astonishing to you jt to know that this movie debuted at number one for 31.7 million dollars and as johnny spade said eh, he was very surprised at top the number two movie harry potter and the half-blood prince which brought in 29.4 million in its second week what do you got to say about that johnny spade just that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you kind of just said Johnny Spade said this. It was still <laughs> its second week, and so I would figure Harry Potter would have been bigger in its second week, but I'm sure it probably made a whole lot more money in its first week. Uh, guaranteed, because even in its second week, was only a little over two point mil behind this, which I'm sure plateaued. Let me see, actually. I made some steady fucking money here in the States, actually. But then the number three movie doesn't stop the the crazy blockbuster weekend that was July 2009 or July 24, 2009 because uh, The Ugly Truth, a brand new movie, also $27.6 million. What is that movie? It's a rom-com. Who's in it? Oh, uh, what's that guy's name? Brandon. No. Damn it. I can't think of his name. Steve motherfucking <laughs> Polygranopolis. Seth Rogen. Bob Rogen. Bob Saget. I'm Ooh. trying to think of what else Dan he's in. Tanner. Justin Long. Was it the dude that was in that movie where it's like... Uh, Gladiator? No. Kind of looks like Russell Crowe, though. Russell Crowe? Gerard Butler. Yes. Nice. Ooh, maybe it is Gerard I'm pretty Butler. sure it's Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler and Kathy Heigl? Yes. Catherine yes. Heigl. Heigl. I, now that you guys say that I know what that movie is and I'd never watch it because I fucking hate Catherine Heigl. And I don't really care for Gerard Butler. I thought earlier you were saying you liked Catherine Heigl. No, Catherine Keener. Oh, okay. A whole lot of Catherines to choose from, man. All right, so the number four movie, and also a brand new movie, which I have seen this movie, Orphan, brought in $12.8 million. So that's a significant drop from three to four. What's Orphan? That's a horror movie, isn't it? It is a horror movie. So that intake makes a lot more sense then. 12.4 makes sense for a horror movie in in most cases. And then number five, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, in its fourth week, bringing in $8.4 million. I mean, you know how big of a draw Ray Romano is, right? Yeah, I do. No, you know, I got I'm, I'm a huge draw with dinosaurs. Don't want to concede that that's good, but it is your best accent to date. Today, at least, so far. To date, not today, of all time, I'm saying. That to date true. would also be today, though, and so far. I'm not factually wrong. 
but you're only including one day. I'm including all of time before today, including today. Big, big difference, buddy. You know what isn't a big difference? This had an estimated budget of $150 million. That's a big budget. It's a huge budget. So it it didn't quite bring all that money back here domestically at $119.43 million. But then you add that money from all foreign lands, $173 million.38. Dude, crazy money. 170 million point three eight. Whatever I said, 173.38 million. Go back and check the tape. Add that money from all foreign lands, 173 million point three eight. Dude, crazy money. So this brings in a 292 million worldwide for almost 150 million profit. The fact that numbers that large are being thrown around concerning this movie really kind of I don't know what word to use. I don't like it though. It does have the huge Disney arm behind it. I understand that, but I still don't like it. It's too much. This movie was not good enough to be throw like dealing around the three hundred million dollar level. There's also a lot of huge names in this movie. I understand. I'm just saying. And when you know you're written by Cormac and Marianne Wilberly. Wibberly. 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 Thank you, Mr. Spade. You're welcome. And then we got Hoyt Eatman directing the son of a bitch. Who the fuck is Hoyt Eatman? You know, he's the best Eatman there is. I, I mean, know. he wrote a little movie called G-Force, or directed it, I mean. Well, they also said that him and like Dick P.I. James were like, they wrote the story behind it. And then the Wibberleys did the actual screenplay. I caught that in the comments. And uh, Hoyt also was the voice of the mice. No. Yeah. Yeet, 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 yeet. Yeet, man. Okay, so this movie is star-studded cast, by the way, and it's led by the one true god, Nicolas Cage. Definitely not led by Nicolas Cage. Playing Speckles, the infamous villainous mole. A.K.A. Mole Shredder. Yes, Mole Shredder, definitely. There is a lot of parallels to the last movie we did on 50 Randy Quaid's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that's just straight up, like, synchronicities, because we didn't plan that at all. But this is Not a, at all. This is a team of creatures being led by someone to take on an evil force. It's pretty spectacular. Bill N- Nye? I, that's how I would go. I've never heard it. Bill Nye. He is the infamous saber. Bill Nye, the the saber guy, guy. <laughs> uh, Will Arnett, uh, Legos Batman plays Kip Killian. Do you think that's his number one credit? Legos Batman. Yes. Like when he's putting down his resume himself, and he's taking all factors into consideration. Goes, Do you think he goes? I'm Batman. I'm Legos Batman. <laughs> uh, Zach Galifianakis plays Ben, the handler of the golfers. Guinea pigs? It depends on who you're asking. We have, for the second straight movie, Sam Rockwell playing and pretty much starring as Darwin. He's definitely the lead guinea pig, and I I guess you could argue the lead of the whole movie. Then we have John Favreau. Favreau. Favreau is Hurley, Darwin's brother from another mother? No, I think the exact same mother. Oh, okay. They're just uh, separated at birth. That's Dar- right. Darwin was the runt of the litter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Hurley was like the gigantor of the litter. Well, there's a Lost parallel because there's a character named Hurley who's the fat guy. Yeah. I don't know if you watched Lost. No. Johnny Spade, did you watch Lost? I did. 
Okay, just wanted to check. I'm glad we could clear that up. Let's move along with G-Force, please. <laughs> it's not Lost Force. Penelope Cruz is Juarez. And Steve Buscemi, Bucky, and Tracy Morgan as Blaster. Yep. And let's not forget Kelly Garner, who I've never seen before and haven't seen since, as Zach Galifianakis' assistant, Marcy. Yeah. Integral role in a couple of spots. That's why I decided to like include her because I was like, she was around for stuff, I guess. But I don't still know who she is. You ever seen her in anything before? No. She kind of looks like the one chick from Mad Men. I forget her name. She was in The Handmaidens. Handmaiden Taylor, whatever oh, that show's uh, called. Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yeah. I but can see that, yeah. She got a lot more screen time than Will Arnett, I thought. And I feel like it was at least equal. They made Will Arnett, I don't know if they made him feel more important. They were probably equally important, too. I felt like they made Will Arnett feel more important. Well, this movie isn't great with handling its female characters, so that's not surprising. True that, true that. (laughs) All right, so now we're at the IMDb breakdown. A specially trained squad of guinea pigs is dispatched to stop a diabolical to stop a diabolical billionaire from taking over the world. G-force. I'm gonna give this movie credit for this. The whole opening scene, the whole like mission that they're running, they give you zero context as to why it's a team of fucking guinea pigs and a fly and a mole teaming together to steal information from a billionaire. You don't know what's going on with these fucking guinea pigs until after it's over and you meet Zach Galifianakis. He's like, oh, here's some exposition so you understand why this makes sense. And I bought into it then. But I love just sitting there the whole beginning and be like, why the fuck are these guinea pigs so good at this? Yeah, it's pretty funny, but it does make no fucking sense, right? So... That's where we open up. It's just like basically a fucking like, I don't know. Would you say this is like just a super hot open with the action? I mean, they definitely set the tone for what the movie's supposed to be right off the bat. And so, yeah, they like to infiltrate this uh, millionaire, no, billionaire's house, uh, the saber guy. And he's all like, yeah, I'm going to press this button. And all these like they're, they're setting it up that this guy is like a super villain mastermind and he just comes across like he does come across as like a super villain mastermind but like throughout the movie they definitely drop the hints where he's like they don't show he's him. not the mastermind well i think they show pretty clearly when he's talking to yanju for the first time who's the anonymous bad guy who's part of this conspiracy to have robots that are in the form of the appliances in your home take over the world like, they make it pretty clear once you meet Yanshu the first time, that's the lead bad guy. And it's because he's anonymous. Why wouldn't he be the fucking yeah. linchpin? We're going to find out who he is later. And I felt like such an idiot when I didn't realize right off the bat that the mole was going to be the fucking mole as soon as he got shredded in the fucking garbage truck. But the second I thought about it, I was like... I kind of immediately saw it. I wasn't thinking enough about it to even give it any... Because the second it crossed my mind, I was like... It's a kid's fucking movie. The mole's the mole. What the fuck? God damn it. It came apparent to me when the Mr. Yanshu, because I fluently speak Chinese, and I knew that Yanshu is Chinese for mole. I always forget how fluent you are. Yeah, Johnny Spade, when was the last time you went to China? Oh, well before 2020. Alrighty then. So, okay, so this G-Force team, they, so, like, Darwin's the leader, right? Okay, so here's the thing. There's a team of four guinea pigs, right? Or not four guinea pigs, but it's, like, three guinea pigs and this mole, like you had said, JT. And the fly mooch. 
and the Fly Mooch. So the team's leader is Darwin, played by Sam Rockwell, also known from his uh, work in the foot. Regulars or menthols. (laughs) And I'm talking about cigarettes, not shaving cream. (laughs) Whereas Speckles the Mole and Blaster. Okay, so right off the bat, Nicolas Cage is the only person doing voice acting in this movie that even tries to do a voice that isn't their own voice. Yeah. And it is almost so bad that I ended up loving it by the end. Oh, I love it. It's ridiculous. See, was he or did they just do that in editing? No, that's definitely a choice. You could tell that that was Nick Cage talking that way on purpose. And I feel like he even put like a, a fucking clothespin on his nose so he would sound like this. Like, I'm nasally anyway, but that's how bad it was. So they actually like kill it on this mission. They get everything they're supposed to get. Like, they got the evidence now that they can go after Saber that they're like, dude, these guys are trying to dominate the world, right? Or at least exterminate all humans. And the FBI is all like, hey, we don't believe you. We're shutting you down. Well, because they think they have the evidence, but the evidence is not the evidence. And my thought process was, especially if you're, I'm just going to call him Zach and not say his last name all the time. And I don't remember Ben, Ben. it doesn't fucking matter. If you're him, why wouldn't you have checked the evidence before you're like FBI, look at the FBI, the evidence. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was pretty obvious too, that somewhere it had to have gotten tampered with, right? If it goes from Darwin's like, no man, it for sure was this extermination plan and then all of a sudden nick cage is like nah man nah dude it's just this like toaster well the fbi is like fuck y'all we're gonna take all y'all in and i don't know what they're gonna do with them but they escape there's a big escape thing and they end up in a fucking pet shop well and then it's funny too because like be while they're trying to escape the assistant for ben marcy i believe you said her name was she's all like carrying this cage and they stop her and that because like they she's trying to help the rodents escape and hey don't call them rodents <laughs> they're touchy and and they're like hey it's a stealth it's a stealth guinea pig stealth hamster and the one dude's like there's no such thing as a stealth hamster and the other agent he's like it'd be pretty cool if there were though yep there was a lot of really fun one-liners in this movie. Oh, no, that was not one of them. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. There were so many attempts at good one-liners in this. And, like, literally, this movie was nothing but a bunch of setups for one-liners that were either tacky, old, both, or shit. Like, it was just so disappointing. But, again, I'm not a kid. And there wasn't enough adult humor in this for me to enjoy it as an adult. As a kid, I probably would have enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed this movie as a kid because I just put my kid eyes on i don't know i watched it through like as like my inner child i, I don't know like, no I, I get what you're saying i'm just i enjoyed this movie so there's how, how also dare how dare you enjoy this movie? there's also this pet shop crew right once they get to the pet shop it's run by like it's the pet shop boys i think is their name the pep shop boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah three brothers the three mice that are at the pet shop are the pep shop boys who are a member of the pet shop boys so the mice are brainless idiots apparently and they just agree to anything that hurley will say and uh they're all afraid of the half ferret half gerbil or guinea pig hamster hamster so the hamster slash ferret steve buscemi uh playing bucky that was pretty funny he had some really good like i liked that i liked that character he was so mad like there wasn't enough of that character and i get why they only used them when they used them because it made the most sense but yeah he was the one of the ones that was most entertaining to me probably because he was a fucking psychopath 
and so like they're kind of introducing themselves to the g-force crew and it kind of goes awry like uh the mole kind of fakes his death so he could get out and then figure a way to come back and save them but realistically he's just trying to get out of there so he can fucking keep doing his world domination this was his plan all along and then he he gets thrown into the fucking garbage truck and gets the shredder treatment smashed to a fucking pulp he should come back with a helmet on later that's all i know oh shredder suit not necessarily the whole suit just the helmet at least and while that's happening fucking uh Juarez and Blaster, they get adopted by a murderous, murderous little boy and uh little girl. Little girl comes in, she's like, Yo, uh guinea pig, I'm gonna slap some lipstick on you and put you in a dress and then take you on a hot date. And then the boy grabs the fucking fat guinea pig, he's like, I'm gonna feed you to a snake. And he throws that snake or that gerbil at a fucking or a guinea pig at a snake tank and just barely misses it. So yeah, and then he landed in that other tank and when it zoomed out it said tarantulas. So I thought the scene was gonna change and now he had to escape from these tarantulas, but that didn't happen. I didn't even notice that, but you pointed out when we were watching. I thought the same thing, like, "Oh fuck, now he's gonna have to fight a gigantic tarantula." But nope. Yeah, the tarantulas never ended up making an appearance. Just bullshit. Maybe in the director's cut. Release the Snyder cut. (laughs) Oh wait, they already did that. I'm sorry. The Yeatman cut. (laughs) Release the Yeatman cut. All right, so we find out then that Harley and no Hurley and Darwin have the same birthmark. And Darwin is adamant that he's not Hurley's brother, which hurts Hurley's feelings. Well, some shit ends up unfolding in the cage at the pet shop after Juarez and and Blaster are gone. And it turns out that Bucky is actually half fair for We Are, because this is when he reveals he's a heel who's been, like, sneaking out of the cage, stealing food, squirreling it away, eating it, and then he pulls a trap door on these motherfuckers. Darwin runs out, and then Bucky gets kicked out. Yep. Nope. Hurley gets kicked out. His grandfather was a ferret. That's what it was. And prior to this, when they were trying to escape the cage, I thought it it was really funny when they lit Hurley's fart on fire to try to burn the the glass open. Yeah, because they lean hard on the fat guinea pig farts a lot, and it is not pleasant. Because that comes up again later when they're trapped in an enclosed space. So then I have, uh, we're at the... Yarez, right? Yarez? Juarez. War okay, yeah. Juarez and Blaster were at their like place and they have to escape. Blaster basically steals the fucking toy remote control car and I just want to point out one thing, because it was right before we jump over to Juarez and Blaster that for about the third time at this point in the movie we hear a black eyed peas song. The same one. And they're rolling around in a tire and his butt gets in his face. So, of course, Hurley's talking about his butt again. Get your face out of my butt or something. I don't know. But it's just black eyed peas. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. No, that's not even the right tune. Boom, boom, boom. It's not even the right tune. Boom, boom, boom. Still not. When you're closer. Boom, boom, boom. I've heard it so many times already. (laughs) You can just keep going. I'm almost impervious now. The third boom's a little... Got a little more oomph. Boom, boom, boom. There, there it is. Go. You got it. Well, see, we just Whoop, had the coach. There it is. Scoop. There it is. <laughs> All right. No. Um, but anyway, I just want to point that out because you know what song the movie ends with, too? Once they cut to like, the credits? Boom, boom, boom. Yes. 
right, but anyway, let's cut to the remote control car. So yeah, they're ripping around in the remote control car and fucking Juarez. She fucking like traps both the children somehow. <laughs> and okay. okay, so she like gets the girl caught up in a sheet that was hanging from a clothesline. Then she wraps the clothesline, or no, blaster drives around and wraps the clothesline around the boy who then falls into the pool, which popped both of you really hard while we were watching the movie. <laughs> it was so funny. These little kids are being outsmarted by just normal guinea pigs. These are not normal guinea pigs. These are highly trained guinea pigs. I guess they are highly trained. They're not mutants like the Ninja Turtles. That's where the parallel stops. But they're what this movie posits is that if you just find a regular guinea pig and you train it with the correct technology, you can turn oh. them into a special forces unit. Can we also talk about how they had little like backpacks and headsets so they could speak perfect English? Yeah, because we got it. It's it's. It's like Q in Bond or Batman just being able to fucking through Lucius' box or whatever, get his gadgets. Like, that's what Ben's there for. He's yeah. the guy who provides them with the technology that explains to the audience why we can understand the guinea pigs when they talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because everybody can just understand these guinea pigs when they talk. And then we see the this... brothers fight that fucking coffee machine, man. Because yeah. the uh, Darwin, he's like looking inside of it and he's like, dude. They all got this fucking special chip. If we take this chip out, then they can't fucking take over the world. And so he takes it, tries to take the chip out, and the coffee machine like turns into a fucking Terminator. Pretty much, yeah. What do you think, Jay- Johnny Spade? I was confused what it's going to do throwing coffee beans at him. And then it throws these fucking shurikens. Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck does this coffee machine have the capability to attack people? Well, here's my question. So you know there's people who anytime they get a gadget at home, they tinker around with it. They open it up. They play with it. They, you know, Some people just like to do that. So say someone who isn't on a mission to try and stop this thing from taking over the world is like, hmm. Let's see what happens if I remove this chip and maybe try to replace it with a more powerful chip. And all of a sudden, they're getting coffee beans shot in their face and then shurikens shot in their face. And now they're fucking dead just because they were tinkering. Yep. That's Can't nonsense. tinker. I think this movie is meant to teach you not to like remove tags and like try to break into your Xbox and change the fucking hard drives and shit. No, it's definitely not about how you just should not trust technology at all. So then after they fight a coffee machine and to successfully defeat it and bring it back to Ben's house on a skateboard, they find out that the the G-Force team finds out that they're not mutants and that they are just specially trained normal guinea pigs. Juarez was going to be dinner for someone down in South America where they got her. Yeah. And uh, then this, I believe, is where Blaster says, bring down Big Mama with baby disease. And nobody understands what it means. And then they just move on to the next scene. I hardly even remember like the context of what that meant. Ben straight up said like his next line is like, I don't know what that means. And then they just move past it. Well, essentially the team's back together and now they're going to go back to Saber's place and try and stop the world from being dominated by robot and yeah, coffee the, makers. So there's this awesome fucking like chasing with this motorized like ball. Like it's three balls, like gopher balls, right? And or guinea pig balls, like whatever the balls are. The, rat, rat balls. Yeah, rat balls, like the rodents that they run around in them. You know what I'm talking about, right? Disco balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they got these three disco balls, and they're running around, and like they they got motors in them. 
And so all the four, like, so, because, like, now the G-Force team is Hurley, Darwin, fucking Blaster, and shit, what's her name? Yarez. Juarez. Well, as far as they're all concerned, Speckles is fucking dead. And yeah, they think the that he's just dead. Boy. He, was, he was, like, the technology communications dude. He was Donatello. Yeah. Yeah, Darwin's fucking Leonardo. Or Raphael, depending or on what Raphael. you think. I guess that's true, because, yeah, Juarez would be... Leonardo, I think, would be better. And then you got Michelangelo is... Blaster. Blaster. Yeah, Blaster. Yeah. And then Hurley is a fifth turtle. Wasn't there a purple one? Just Donatello. I mean, not a purple one. What's the color I'm thinking of? Maroon? One of, one of the four that isn't... No, because they all have, like maroon ones in the original like more adult oriented comic comics actually actually okay oscar let's not worry about all right so either way they're driving these disco balls around right and this leads to two gigantic car crashes one where an fbi agent just drives up uh like what was it like a trailer yeah, it's like a ramp on a trailer that like you would drive a lawnmower or something up onto to transport it from house to house. But yeah. I, I think there might have been like flowers or something in the back, so to like move the flowers up on, on more easily. So he just drives up onto that and then crashes into the fucking RV, right? So that was insane. And then there was another one where he drives through this firework field, lighting off this spectacular display of fireworks. And all three gophers come together, gopher balls come together, and they form one gigantic Power Rangers ball. And they just drive off into the sunset to the bad guy's mansion, Saber's mansion. This was after Hurley farted in the ball that he and uh, Darwin were in. He farted so bad that it steamed up for a second. Like, just all the plastic was covered in steam. It was ridiculous. And so... We're at that fucking Saber mansion, right? And Saber's talking to his like his guys on the TV, and he's like, Mom. "Yeah, they're having a Zoom meeting before they fucking launch a robot attack on Earth." And he's like, "My fellow bad guys, or what did he say, JT Money? Co-conspirators. Yes, my fellow co-conspirators." And he was just trying to basically take over what like electronics he was using appliances like rule the fucking world basically i think was the idea Uh, here's the thing their motivations were unclear to me really i just knew they had an army of appliance robots well no that was the mole character who did that the other guy just wanted them to be able to communicate better yeah he wanted like smart appliances like he said earlier like if you it was your coffee machine was going to know how much coffee you would use no but all right so that's the public image but there was a nefarious side to it i think he was involved in too i don't really think there there was a nefarious side outside of the mole then why was he playing it like he was a bad guy the whole movie I don't know. Why would you call someone like you have a clandestine basement meeting with anonymous people or at least an anonymous person, a bunch of other people who look like shady villains and call them co-conspirators? Maybe a villain thing. He didn't play it like he was being funny. No, I get that, too. That's why I don't really understand because he made it seem like he didn't know that they were going to attack people. I still feel like he was a scumbag businessman who was still supposed to be the bad guy. There just happened to be a worse bad guy. Who ends up not being a bad guy because they're like, oh, yeah, you might be able to join the team because you're, you're our friend and part of our family. I think the idea is he learned his lesson when they end up stopping him. Like, Mole wasn't really Cause a bad it's good, guy. Because it's a kid's movie. He just didn't know. And there can't be a real bad guy. His family got exterminated. It's okay that he thought maybe exterminating the world would fix his problems. 
Yeah, but this is where we actually find out that uh, Nicolas Cage's Speckles is the bad guy. He has a huge Terminator. It was me all along, Hogan. And it was great. Do you ever get the chance to bring humanity to its knees? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fucking Nick Cage's dad, that's how he like his last words to Nick Cage were. Yeah, before the entire mole community he lived in gets gassed, his dad looks at his little baby son and says, if you ever get a chance... To bring humanity to its knees, do it. <laughs> what? And he, he sure fucking tried to and almost did it, maybe. Except for those damn guinea pigs. Yeah, they end up saving the day, taking down like can like Darwin convinces uh Nick Cage that he's like, dude, you don't he's like, you are part of our family. You know, we got Ben, we got Marcy, we got me, we got you, we got this new guy, Hurley, who's my actual brother. We got fucking Blaster and Juarez. You know, we got them all. Why don't you just come home? You know, after a a lengthy prison stint. And Nick Cage is like, yeah, sure. I, I like it. He was like manually removing that chip from hundreds of thousands of appliances from around the world. Yeah. That was the punishment. I think him and I think Saber had to do it too, since he was involved in the original Maybe. plot. That's what I'm saying. I think his plot was still a nefarious thing, but but either, either way, either see way. the G Force. They become actual FBI agents, including Hurley, who gets a new nickname, Rookie. Rookie. Yeah. So that's basically the end of this movie, anyhow, right? Like G Force becomes all part of the team of like actual FBI agents, and that's pretty much it. They get little tiny badges, even. That they're supposed to what pin to their bodies, tie into their hair, always wear vests, because Vince McMahon doesn't like their stomachs. But yeah, it's very possible. So, do you have anything less to say about this movie before we get into the rating scale, Johnny Spade or JT Monet? I wish I would have already had a lot less to say about it. Yes. So they have those FBI agents, the other ones that were driving around looking for the gerbils. Like, why wouldn't they be like, why the fuck am I chasing these gerbils around? I'm an FBI agent. Like, I ain't doing this shit. <laughs> I think the main secondary one, like right underneath Kip Killian, did say that exact thing. Like, why are we chasing Jerome? No, no, no. It was one of the other ones. And he said, like, we don't ask questions or something. Yeah. He really wanted to kill those fucking gerbils, like, real bad. The secondary guy who was with him was kind of like, what is going on here? Why? And even when they brought in the other agents that they called for backup in that chase, the other agents who didn't know what was going on were like, why are you guys chasing rodents around? Uh, the one dude's like, don't ask questions. Just do it. That guy just, he looked, he was like that little kid. He, he wanted, wanted to, to purge. kill an animal. Yeah, he wanted to purge those fucking uh, gerbils. What a movie, boys. What a movie. So I guess that brings us to the point in this podcast where we are going to rate G-Force on the 50 Randy Quaid's grading scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's. 1 being the absolute worst, 50 being the absolute greatest, and 2 to 49 being literally anything in between. I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, is it actually a grading scale? Because I see it's in quotes on the sheet here, and that implies that it's not actually a grading scale. It's just like one. I don't know. It's up to you to decide. I appreciate that. I'm just saying you did put it in quotes, though. I did make this a long time ago. It's something I'm obviously just noticing now for the first time. And historically, when I notice something that bothers me on the sheet, I point it out. So the IMDb rating of this movie is twenty five point one. Randy Quaid's. I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna give this twelve. Randy Quaid's. Uh, 
Yeah, like I said earlier, if I were a fucking kid, this probably would have hit the spot for me. But I also don't think it'd be one I looked back on once I was growing up and was like, dude, G-Force was the shit when I was a kid. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. It just, it was not for me. It was not a movie for me. It was fine. I would rather watch an actual action movie than guinea pigs doing spy shit. Would you watch this movie again? No, never again. What if you had kids? If they wanted to watch it, I'd put it on and I'd probably like do something else. Unless they really wanted me to watch it with them. Like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I'd recommend it, I guess, for kids. Uh, maybe not, though. I don't know. Probably not. There's so many other better movies you could watch if you're a kid. There's so many movies. Almost any other movie. I'll never put this in my collection. And I'm going to change my rating to a 10. On to the next person. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a 26 Randy Quaid's. Holy shit. That is a ring endorsement right there. <laughs> well, I think this is a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it is literally one above 25. Right in the middle. I can respect that. I think that's fair. But I think to give this anything higher than that, which you obviously aren't, would be a fucking travesty. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, like... Duck Shot's going to come in with another 50. This is a really <laughs> funny kids movie. And it it's, again, if I was a kid, not something probably that I would, like, watch a ton. But it was a good one-time watch. Maybe this was 2009's Ninja Turtles for some kids, man. Maybe, but I wasn't a kid in 2009, and I'm not a kid now. Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils. I just try to watch it through the spectrum of my inner child. (laughs) I think that's what I'm going for. I'm not 100% sure if the words are right, but there you go. I thought you were going to go with the specter of my inner child, but you actually picked the right word. See, there you go. I'm good that way. Don't be too humble about it, though. And I already own this movie. I otherwise wouldn't. But you can watch it on the Disney Network. Would you watch it again? Probably not. But I mean, like, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. Would you recommend it? Yeah, you know, I'd say it's a good kids movie. I don't feel like adults really need to sit down and watch this movie. There's really nothing in it for adults unless you just really like kids movies. Yup. Johnny Spade, what are you talking about over there, buddy? I'm going to give it. Five. Dang. Randy Quaid. <laughs> I thought about higher, but I just don't think it's any higher. Like, it was all right. <laughs> I like the fart jokes. Steve Buscemi was really funny. I thought Nicolas Cage was pretty good. But otherwise, I'm just watching this movie. I'm like, what the fuck? Especially, like, trying to... What the, I can't think of the words. Just trying to make this ro- army of robot coffee machines. <laughs> it was... Especially when you like don't know that it's the mole, and I thought it was the one dude. I'm like, what is weaponize? That's the word. weaponizing these coffee machines gonna fucking do? Why are you trying to do this? What is your goal? And then I just like I like animated movies. Like you said, there's a lot better ones. There's Toy Story. There's The Incredibles. There's The Lion King, Aladdin. Probably other ones that are not as big as those movies. You could just sit here and keep going for hours. And while you list and continue listening, I'll just bring the Disney Channel up and we'll fucking scroll through that and we can keep going for hours. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands of other movies that I would put above G-Force. I said it when this was over. Once we finished watching the movie, this is a children's movie. That's pretty much all you can say about it. If you're a kid, a kid's probably really going to like it. But as an adult, it doesn't really... 
hit too much for me, except for the fart jokes. As we all know, we've got a large children's demographic as our audience, so please, you should absolutely check out G-Force. But all the adults out there, nah. Yeah, yeah. If any fucking kids are listening to this, you should probably stop. But Oh, it's too late at this point. At just this stick, point, stick around. just check out G-Force. In every other movie we've ever reviewed, especially no, The Counselor. Probably not every other movie, because I think we've watched, like, Human Centipede and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 watch Human Centipede 2. So there's movies out there where I had to close my eyes, and we're saying they're okay for children. Yeah, I'm not a parent. I can say whatever I want. Like, kids can watch whatever they want. I'm not responsible for what parents can't control. You know what I'm saying? You kids going to do behind your back, that's on you. I watched a lot of fucked up shit by the time I was 10 years old. Some of it was on purpose and some of it was on accident. You go to a friend's house and their parents don't care. And all of a sudden you're seeing a fucking tube of lipstick being shoved into a woman's nipple. That's fucked up, right? And then someone bites someone's tongue out of their mouth. You're wait, eight, wait, you're eight wait, years wait, old. wait, wait, wait. A tube of lipstick being put into somebody's nipple? How is that possible? Because it's a horror movie. It's called Night of the Demons. Is the nipple gone and there's like a hole there? Just like, no. They're right. stabbing him with a... Bro, I don't even know. I have it. It's over here. Night oh, of the I don't even know. I saw the shoot when I was like eight years old, and I didn't know what was going on. So would you suggest to people, I mean, I guess you already did that. So would you watch this movie again, Johnny Spade? No. Would you like to buy this movie? Not at all. Would you- I think I've given Disney too much money for this movie already with my Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> the fact that they make it available to me is an insult to me. The like... Less than one penny I pay for this movie every month. Would you watch the Yeatman cut? Yeatman cut. Yes. Perfect. All right. So I think, guys, I think we can all agree that you can catch up all our new episodes and subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, come to 50randyquades.com next time on 50 Randy Quades episode a hundred and twenty-eight. Jojo Rabbit. I hope you find a different way to say it by the next time we record it. Maybe. I'm sure after watching it, it'll get some ideas for different accents. That's a good point. So our very own guest host, Johnny Spade, has picked Jojo Rabbit for us to watch on our next episode of 50 Randy Quades. And until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace out.